Well, good Monday morning, my friends. This is podcast number 352. It's for August 16th. We are now going to look at Jesus uh, in the Garden of Gethsemane. Gethsemane means oil press. Keep that in mind as we look into this. Um, On the way to the garden, on the way to the oil press, this is where Jesus told them, remember that you're all going to leave me. You're all going to forsake me. The Zechariah 13, 7 would be fulfilled that you strike the shepherd and scatter the sheep. Um, Peter wasn't the focus of that. He would have been one of the um, one of the disciples who would who would be scattered and left, and then and 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 leave Jesus. But then he says, as Peter loves to do, Peter says, "Never, never, never, not going to happen. I'm not going to be the one." And Jesus said, "You will um, disown me, um, and you will abandon me." And Peter just can't, couldn't get it. And the rest of the of the guys said the same thing in verse um, 31 or verse 21, excuse me. They said, no way, not going to happen. So we get into, or excuse me, it was verse 31. It, they all said the same thing. We will not abandon you. So we're going to Gethsemane. Remember, they're singing the hymn, the Passover hymn, uh, which was traditionally um Psalm 115, 16, 17, and 18 lumped together. The Psalms are songs. Um, We know that, and as well as part of being part of Scripture. So let's read uh, a couple verses. And they went to a place called Gethsemane. Remember, Gethsemane means oil press. And he said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. Verse 33, and he took with him Peter, James, and John, and began to be greatly distressed and troubled. Now grab your notepad. I'm going to give you some scriptures. Jesus often took um, people with him in in, uh, some of the greatest situations of ministry, sometimes to be an example and sometimes clearly so they wouldn't be alone. In Mark chapter 5, verse 37, we have the story of Jairus' daughter. And remember, he took Peter, James, and John with him to that situation. Um, it, It was important to him to have them near him. In Mark chapter 9 and verse 2, we see the Mount of Transfiguration where Jesus is changed before them with Moses and Elijah there as well and the Father speaking from heaven about how proud he was of his son and telling them to listen to him. And then I want you to turn with this to me with this scripture, Philippians chapter 3 and verse 10. So keeping in mind um, keeping in mind what we just um, talked about in these situations where um, God was doing great things through Jesus and Jesus wanted his disciples to be close to him. Now, fast forward to the ministry of the Apostle Paul. And Paul says this in Philippians chapter 3, verse 10, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection And may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by all means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. I think it's significant here, and Wearsby brings this out, that um, this passage in Philippians chapter 3 verse 10 almost parallels these three situations that we just talked about. The power... um, in Mark chapter 5, verse 37, where Jesus raises and heals, uh, the making himself known 
in Mark chapter 9, verse 2 at the Mount of Transfiguration. So we have the power and we have making known. And now we're going to see the sufferings of the sufferings of Gethsemane. Remember, Paul was looking back towards those things and had a desire to know um, Jesus, not just from after the resurrection, but what was it like to walk with him before the resurrection and to be um, to be there when these miracles took place. Paul had a special relationship with Jesus, but he also longed for what the disciples had already experienced. And when he would meet with the disciples later and he would go and he would talk with them, I'm sure that there was talk of the things that Jesus did and the things they got to see. And what a powerful portion of scripture. Now, I mentioned that Gethsemane means oil press. I was listening to Jason Sobel one night talk about Gethsemane, and he was talking. And there was a he was in Gethsemane when he was talking, which was pretty powerful. And he mentions that Gethsemane being the oil press. Now, listen to this: Jesus three times asks his father to, if it possible, to remove this cup from him. Jesus was in incredible torment. He was incredible in incredible struggle. He knew what was about to happen, but Jesus wasn't afraid to die. Jesus said, for this reason is what I came. I came. Um, Luke chapter 19 and verse 10, I came. I came to seek and save those who are lost. I came to give my life. Um, uh, Mark chapter 10, verse 45, as, as a ransom for many. But getting closer to this particular situation in Gethsemane, as he prayed, he prays three different times. And Jason Sobel, Rabbi Jason Sobel, says it's significant because to get the to get the olive oil out of the olives, they are pressed, they're pressed and crushed three times. He said it's not accidental that Jesus would pray these three times. I don't know, but it sounds so incredibly powerful. And each time we know that Jesus, the the struggle was more and more real to him. So let's go on in the scriptures. Verse 33, or verse 32, excuse me. And they went to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. Jesus was a prayer. Jesus was in constant communication with his father. But this would be an incredible time. He would go a little farther. His disciples would be there. Um, In verse 33, and he took with him Peter, James, and John, and they went a little farther. So there was disciples at one point of the garden, and he took his three closest friends closer to him. Now, remember, this is is James and John, the brothers. This is not James, Jesus' brother. These are uh, James and John, the sons of thunder. And he began to be greatly distressed and troubled. And why would he be greatly distressed and troubled? Because he was about to do something and become something that he'd never been, a sinner. He was about to take on all the weight of sin. Now, the Bible says that Jesus never committed a single sin, but he took the weight and the power and the ugliness of all sin upon him. That is significant. And he was about to take on everything, all of the ugliness. Just stop for a moment and think about the things that you would imagine in this world, the ugliest things that you can imagine. And Jesus was about to become all those things. It was about to be laid on him. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 
2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. It says, for our sake, he, meaning God, the Father, made him, Jesus, to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. He was about to lay all of that on his son for your sake and for mine. There are no little sins, little white lies, little things that are that are, uh, are are really no big deal. No, there are sins. There are sins, and we need to realize it. That it's all something that Jesus paid the price for. Now go back to the prophet Isaiah 53. We talked about Isaiah 53 many times, the suffering servant. Isaiah 53 and verse 4 says, Surely he, meaning the suffering servant, Jesus Christ, he has borne our griefs, he has carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by who? By God, not by the enemy, but by God and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed. There's the crushing of, of Gethsemane, the oil press, the crushing of our iniquities upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord, because of that, and the Lord has laid on him, Jesus, the iniquity of us all. Jesus was about to experience all of that in the garden. And that's why his soul was so stirred. He was greatly moved. And his closest friends, what were they doing? They were sleeping. Let's go on. Verse 34. And he said to them, my soul is very sorrowful even to death. Remain here and watch. Three different times. Um. They're warned, we're warned to watch. We're warned to watch and to pray. Look at back at Mark chapter 13 and verse 33. The three other times we're commanded to watch and to be on the watch. Uh, Mark chapter 13, verse 33. Be on guard, keep awake, for you do not know when the time will come. Turn to Ephesians, the book of Ephesians. Galatians and then Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 18. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 18 says this, Praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication to that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. Paul encouraging um, the believers in Ephesus to stay awake and to be on their guard. Why? And to pray for others. Now go to Colossians chapter 4. Colossians right after that in chapter 4 and verse 2, Paul says, continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. So Jesus is 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 his message of being uh, watchful and being prayerful is carried on by um, Paul. And Paul is, is echoing that, that, that we need to be awake, we need to be watchful, we need to know. Why? Because we do not know um, what hour and what time it is. So Jesus finds his friends asleep. Uh, verse 35 
And going a little farther, he fell on the ground. He fell. He prostrated prostrated himself before the Lord. And he prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. Now, this is the reason he came. So what is what is going on here is intense. Jesus is not asking, by the way, to be relieved of the cup. He's asking to be relieved of staying in the grave. He's talking to his father. He's about to face everything. And he's, he knows that sinners are punished and sinners stay in the grave. Yet he's the sinless one who would take on the sins of the world for you and I. Would it be possible that this hour might pass from him? And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible with you. Remove this cup from me, meaning not the cup of sins, but this responsibility of death and staying in the grave. Yet not what I will, but you, what you will. Jesus uh, uses this incredibly beautiful um, word, Abba, to, to talk about this deep, deep relationship that he has with his father. And what's amazing about this is that you and I as believers today have been given the right to pray those same words. Look at Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. I know this is a lot for a Monday morning, but I'm hanging hang in there with me. Romans chapter 8 and verse 15. Romans 8, 15 um, says this, because we are heirs with Christ. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. He's reminding them, don't fall backwards. But you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry. Abba, Father, the exact terminology that Jesus uses in the garden. There is this intense um, a prayer going on. There is this intensity that Jesus cries out, Abba, Father, in talking to him. And not, re- in a sense, reminding him of that relationship, not reminding God, but he is crying out to his father as dearest daddy. Um, this is the intensity of this moment. Galatians chapter 4, verse 6. Galatians chapter 4, verse 6 for you and I. And because you are son, sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. And so we have this relationship, this closeness with God. His struggle in the garden was real. People say, well, Jesus couldn't have have sinned, so uh, this wasn't really that intense. He became all that sin is in all of its ugliness. Do you see this this, uh, situation and you see the power of the situation and you have to realize that what he was about to do was to become all of sin. Look at uh, Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3 and verse 13. Galatians chapter 3 and verse 13 says this, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree. And Paul quotes Deuteronomy 21, 23. Jesus became the curse for you and I that we might walk in freedom and we might become this, um, this, um, it, um, 
the, the co-heirs with him and be able to cry out to the Father in the same way he cried out, we get to cry out, Abba, Father. This is important that we understand this. This is important that we understand the depth of what Jesus was willing to do for you and for me. Let's, uh, let's, go, let's go on. Verse 37 of Mark chapter 14. And he came and found them asleep. And he said to Peter, Simon, are you asleep? Could you not watch one hour? Verse 38, watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. And again, he went away and he prayed, saying the same words. And again, he came and found them sleeping for their eyes were very heavy and they did not know what to answer him. Verse 41, and he came the third time and said to them, are you still sleeping and taking your rest? It is enough. The hour has come. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise up. Let us be going. See my betrayers at hand. Underline into the hands of sinners. And who was leading them? Who was leading them to Jesus? None other than his friend. None other than one of his uh, uh, disciples. What a betrayal. See, it's said that it's it's been said that you can't really be betrayed or hurt by anybody who doesn't who who you don't love and you're not close to. And I think there's some truth to that. That the closer someone is to you, the closer someone is to you, um, there is this opportunity and this chance for betrayal. I'm gonna end it right there for today. Um and uh, we're going to pick up this and make this a two-parter. I'll pick up part two uh, tomorrow. But thank you for being patient as we jump from Scripture to Scripture. Remember, the garden was real. The Bible says, and we'll get into that, that his, his sweat became as, as uh, drops of blood. And doctors have said this is a very real, real possibility, the stress that he was under. And he was under this stress again because he was about to become the sin of the world. But he was also under this stress for he was about to be forsaken, not by just his disciples and not by just everyone around him, but even by his father. Because God can't look at sin. Jesus was be about to become sin and about to, for the first time, um, be forsaken by his father. We'll get into that tomorrow. Let me close this in prayer. In Numbers chapter 6, verse 24, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. God bless you until we talk again.